We are speaking with Stephen Lenman. He is the host of the Progressive Radio News Hour, a journalist and prolific writer, the recipient of the Project Censored Award, and the Mexican Press Club's annual International Journalist Award. Mr. Lenman, great to have you on Geopolitics and Empire for the first time. Oh, here, boy, it's good to be on with you. Now, you have been writing on a wide range of topics over the past decade and have published uh, four books. You've written on imperial arrogance and the Iraq wars, the Wall Street oligarchy, the U.S. coup in Ukraine. I'd like this interview to be a quick tour of U.S. policy around the world, Syria, Russia, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Iraq, China, North Korea, Mexico, Europe, Trump, or the failing American economy, and internal political division. Obviously, we don't have enough time for all of those topics, but uh, for some of those, perhaps the ones that you're, you're thinking about the most these days, where would you like to start? Well, I could start uh, by just in general talking about U.S. policy. Uh, the main problem in the world today is America's imperial agenda, an agenda of permanent wars, imperial wars, devastating wars, targeting sovereign independent countries. We could tick them all off. I think uh, your listeners will be familiar with all of them. Uh, they know what's going on. They know, they know more about what's going on than Americans do. Americans really are very uninformed and seem to be indifferent about the things their government is doing. Uh, tuning into television for their news, not realizing there is no news on U.S. television. There's a lot of propaganda, a lot of fake news, a lot of disinformation, but not legitimate news. So Americans are largely uninformed, except ones that are relying on independent sources online, material I write. There, there are wonderful websites with good material. You can, get, you can get written material, you can get audio, you can get video. It's really simple. Anybody with a computer, it's simple to find out what's going on and to stay current. 15 minutes a day, people can do it, but they're lazy. It's a lot easier turning on their TV set. But it's outrageous to think that people, that for people to think that they can watch Fox News or NBC or CNN or whatever and think they're getting real information because they're not. But we can see what's happening because of U.S. policies at home and at abroad. I call it America's war on humanity going on in America and around the world. Again, sovereign independent countries that America doesn't control. These are the ones that are being targeted. It was, it was a terrible situation before 9-11, but especially devastated since that horrible event, which had nothing to do with crazed Arabs, nothing to do with the... Uh, Osama bin Laden. Obama didn't kill him. He died of natural causes in December 2001, reported by the New York Times, by the BBC, by Fox News, by other media. And then it was all forgotten to give Obama credit for what he didn't do. I don't know who he killed, but it wasn't Osama. And, and going back to what, what you just mentioned about the news and the alternative media and all these sources, sources available to us, um, you know, the, the years have passed, the decades have passed, uh, you're in Chicago, do you sense uh, any sort of, how, how do you sense the people, the people in Chicago, the people you communicate with on the ground, is there any change, are people waking up more, or it's just, as you say, they, they, they are just deaf and dumb to what's going on? I think the tip-off is what you see not happening. 
back during the Vietnam War, the 1960s, the early 70s, there were protests all around America, some of them very, very large. Uh, there was at least one in Washington, D.C. that attracted maybe half a million people. I mean, that's unthinkable today. There's nothing going on in the streets of Chicago. And I've thought about standing on a street corner one day. I've got too much to do to do that. But if I did it, it just randomly, uh, I live, uh, I live uh, very close to uh, Michigan Avenue, uh, one of the main uh, thoroughfares in downtown Chicago. And a lot of traffic passing by, foot traffic. And if I just stop people randomly and ask them uh, even one question about what's going on in the world and what America is doing, I doubt I'd get an intelligent response, a knowledgeable response from more than maybe one in a hundred people. And most of them wouldn't know what I'm talking about. But if I mention a country, they probably wouldn't know what it was or where it was or what was going on there. America at war, I don't think they understand this. They think that nations, well, maybe the little information they have about countries America is, is, uh, is at war with, or uh, <laughs> however they would explain it that these are bad guys. They don't realize the bad guys are in Washington, not the countries being attacked. So Americans really don't understand anything. And again, I tune in television just to get a glimpse of what they're reporting. I can't stand to watch it or listen to it, but I want to see what they're doing. I do a lot of media critiques. My favorite target is the New York Times. I put out a new article in the Times this morning, quoting from an organization called Project Veritas, and they used the uh, the uh, term calling uh, the Times uh, an American Pravda, going back to the Soviet days. There's a Pravda today in Russia. It's entirely different than the than the Soviet Pravda, and I use that in my title, calling America, uh, and calling the country, call, calling the media here an American uh, uh, Pravda, America, an American, an American Pravda which is what it is, just terrible. But most people, I don't think, realize it. And that, that is a shame. If Americans knew what was going on, they would realize how badly they're being harmed, how they're being cheated, how their tax dollars are going through militarism and war making and handouts to corporations, bailouts to bankers when they need it. Social services, they're being slowly eroded on the road to disappearing altogether. And what I'm on, I'm on Medicare, when I, when I went on it in 1965, on day one of the program, I was promised, along with everybody else who would go on it, you pay your premiums, which are payroll taxes, and when you retire, you'll get free medical care. Well, my free medical care costs a fortune. So they cheated me, and they're still taking this, this money from ordinary people. And by the time younger ones retire, there won't be Medicare. There won't be Medicaid. Everybody will be on their own. And if they can't afford medical treatment when they're ill, serious illness, they'll probably die. This is the way Americans run. The richest country in the world that treats its people like I guess people in Guatemala are treated. And you use the term uh, empire, uh, imperialism. Uh, could you describe that a bit more? What is America? What is the project? Um, is, th is this an empire trying to take over the world? Uh, and how are they succeeding at that? Um, how do you see them going uh, towards, are they trying to take over Russia, uh, China? Is the empire, in which phase is, is the empire? Is it disintegrating? Could you talk more about uh, those 
issues? Well, there's no question that America wants unchallenged global dominance. It wants all independent countries eliminated, made U.S. vassal states, and that includes Iran, includes Russia, China, Venezuela, all of them, plus all of the countries that America is waging war on now. Syria, getting beaten in Syria, how about that? Because Russia intervened. Syria is a topic I go back to repeatedly. Because of Russia's intervention at the, at the request of its government in September 2015, turned the tide of battle. Syria is, is winning the war. America is losing the war. But they don't give up very easily in Washington. So they're, they're supporting terror. They're pretending to attack, attack terrorists. But that's not the case at all. America supports ISIS, supports al-Qaeda, supports its al-Nusra offshoot, supports other terrorists, gives them names like the Syrian Democratic Forces. There's nothing democratic about them. They're infested with terrorists. They arm these people. They fund them. They train them. They direct them. U.S. forces operate freely in the areas that these terrorists uh, exist. No conflict, no clashes between them. So America is, is, is supporting these, these, these fighters, giving them weapons and so on, battling Syria, same thing in Iraq, same thing in Afghanistan, happened in Libya in 2011. There may be more trouble brewing in Libya before long. There's intermittent uh, uh, Trump administration bombing the, again. The country was destroyed in 2011. A terrific government giving extraordinary benefits to his people. Uh, Gaddafi, the people didn't look at, uh, at, uh, at Gaddafi as a tyrant, far from it. They got benefits that ordinary Americans can't even imagine. I wrote an awful lot about them before. Incredible, but it's all gone now. And, and what would you say is, so you mentioned Syria and Libya and Iraq and the Middle East. What would you say is, is number one uh, on Washington's uh, agenda? Uh, you know, they're talking about Russia, but it seems that long term China seems to be the, the biggest target. And then we have the Korea is always in the news cycle, but that Korea seems to be a, a distraction, uh, perhaps a justification for pumping up the, the military budget and, and really a, um, a sideshow to the main uh, target of China, what are your thoughts? Yeah, there's a lot of truth to that, absolutely. I've used the term calling North Korea a punching bag, but the real target is China. China is an economic juggernaut. It'll surpass America's GDP one day. On what's called a purchase price basis, what a basket of goods costs in America versus China, it's already bigger than America uh, economically. But one day it'll be uh, bigger than America by any measure. And this drives people in Washington nuts. The idea that America will no longer be the world's largest economy. It's heading for number two. Maybe it'll drop below that. Who knows? Maybe Japan will get stronger. Russia is a long way from uh, getting close to challenging America economically. But the issue with Russia is it's, 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 a, politic, it's, a, it's a military juggernaut. They can match America militarily, certainly with its nuclear weapons arsenal and ballistic missiles and uh, very sophisticated weapons. And the last thing Russia wants is war. But it seems to be that, that uh, the thing that America wants most is endless wars. But very definitely, China and Russia are the two top targets for America to want regime change in, to replace their governments 
with uh, with puppet regimes subservient to Washington. Will there be a war in North Korea? I honestly don't think so. But Washington is infested with such hardliners that anything could happen, including by accident, and it could be a nuclear war in the region by accident, not by intention, because of the policies going on in Washington. And of course, Trump is, is the maestro of all this, but he's been co-opted. He's got hawkish generals running his geopolitical policies. Uh, Secretary of State Tillerson is a sideshow. North Korea may be a sideshow as long as there's no war, but uh, Tillerson is a sideshow when it comes to geopolitical policy, and that's why he wants out. And I'm certain that some, at one point he'll leave. It could be the end of the year, could be sometime next year. But he's been very poorly retreat, uh, treated. It's hard for me to, to have any sympathy with with with, with, a, <laughs> with the head of a of a corporate predation organization, a big oil, Exxon Mobil. My goodness, I guess the biggest oil company in America, uh, causing all kinds of harm <laughs> because be, be, because of uh, all, all of the pollution it creates and everything else. Uh, but uh, but he took the job. Uh, I'm sure he regrets it now. But the generals. Uh, National Security Advisor McMaster, uh, James Mattis, the uh, Defense Secretary, and uh, and uh, Joseph uh, Dunford, the uh, uh, head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, the other the other Joint Chiefs of Staff of the Army, the Navy, uh, uh, Marine Commandant, and so on. These are the people running geopolitical policy. They're getting all the money they want. The scaremongering, as you mentioned, uh, this 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 just just hypes the 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 uh, campaign to get Congress to appropriate more funds which they're doing, uh, even more than Trump is asking for. And this goes on all the time. Instead of cutting the military budget, because it isn't needed, they keep increasing it by tens of billions of dollars. And the real military, the real defense budget, if I can call it that, it's really a war budget. It's really double the nominal amount, which is what, six, seven hundred billion dollars. The real, the real amount is more like over $1.5 trillion, because there are lots of other categories that you never hear about in the media, along with including black budgets that can run into tens of millions of dollars, and nobody but the recipients, CIA, NSA, people like that, they know the amount of money they're getting, but none of that stuff is published. But it could, it, it could be $100 billion for them, plus an open checkbook. If they want more, they get it. And America has something that individual states in America do not have. It has a pretty press, and it can print up all the money it wants, doing anything it wants with it. It can do anything it wants by taxing ordinary people, and anything with the money they get from taxation, and we can see what's going on. Endless wars, corporate benefits, peanuts for ordinary people. And, and just to go back what you mentioned uh, regarding the conflicts, you said anything can happen. Most of the people that, that I've spoken to believe that the nuclear deterrent uh, is enough and that we most likely will not see a nuclear conflict in the near future, but that it's always possible. Um, and again, how, how possible do you think an all-out World War III type scenario uh, is? Well, I think it's very possible. In one respect, World War III began, I think, in the 1990s with the rape of Yugoslavia. You could add, add Iraq to that uh, with the Gulf War and the, and, and the, the literally, literally genocidal sanctions that killed 5,000 Iraqi children under five every month. And this was uh, by the this was stated by one of the uh, uh, the uh, UN Oil for Food Program administrators. 
5,000 Iraqi children under five every month. Astonishing. And this went on month after month after month. Then throughout the decade, the rape of Yugoslavia, culminating in 1999 with, with the terror bombing of Serbia, the separation of Kosovo, and then post 9-11, all the wars that have happened after that. World War II, nobody called it World War II, I think until America got into it, which was uh, almost two and a half years after it began. So I think we're really in a world war right now. What I fear is, is the real possibility of a nuclear war, either by design or by accident. And there were lunatics in Washington who actually believe, they believed this for many years, that America could wage nuclear war and win it and maybe pay a small price, like losing a few, losing a few U.S. cities. And they consider that a small price to pay. But they could decimate Russia. They could decimate China. You know, knock out the infrastructure, knock out the military installations. What they don't realize is that Russia and China can fight back and they have nuclear weapons and they could hit any place in America and they surely would. And it wouldn't be two or three U.S. cities. It might be all of them. So millions of Americans could die, maybe hundreds of millions. There's no way anybody can win a nuclear war. It's a, it's a lose-lose all the way around. That's why Russia, China, insane governments want nothing to do with it. But it's very possible because of America's rage to dominate the world and get rid of these sovereign countries that we could end up with a nuclear war. And it's conceivable it could happen sooner than anybody imagines. If it starts on the Korean Peninsula, there's no telling how that could spread. And would you say that the U.S. empire is failing? Where is it along its, its, its cycle? Alfred McCoy, the Wisconsin academic who's published the, the classical books uh, um, on the CIA running um, drugs in, in Asia, um, he, his new book discusses how he, he believes by 2030 US, the U.S. will be in, in total decline. Johann Galtung, the German um, peace researcher, uh, says the same, 2025. Martin Armstrong, the economic forecaster, according to his models, also says 2030. So that's within a decade. Uh, where would you say the, the empire is? Well, I think it's definitely on a downward trajectory. Uh, famous uh, historian Gabriel Kolko, uh, he's been gone for a number of years now. I once had him on my program, and he said he believed that America's, if you can imagine this, he believed that America's decline began with the Korean War in the 1950s. Um, trying to think of another analyst uh, who I once had on my program. I'll think of his name. I can't think of it off the top of my head. He said America's decline began with the Vietnam War. I mean, these wars were lost. America decimated these countries, killed millions of people, but didn't win the wars, really hasn't won any uh, war uh, in the 1990s or uh, post 9-11. It just keeps waging them and killing millions of people, but hasn't won these wars, hasn't accomplished anything but mass destruction and murder. While Russia, China, other countries are building their economies, they're growing Aside from economic troubles that, that happen occasionally, Russia has gone through a couple of bad years, but uh, they project economic growth, I believe, this year and more next year. But Russia is on an upward trajectory. China, absolutely, but for many, many years. And they, they're growing even throughout the economic turmoil elsewhere. But America is going down. Uh, unemployment in America. Um, ordinary Americans 
uh, living through depression conditions, but it's not reported in the media. The real unemployment rate in America is not 4.4%. The way it's calculated was jerry-rigged. So the real unemployment rate isn't shown, but the real number is around 23%. In the Great Depression in the 1930s, it was 25%. So it's virtually as bad for ordinary people as it was then. Half, half of Americans, half of American households are either impoverished or bordering it. For people who survive in America, most of them, they need two jobs because the jobs are so rotten, poor benefits. If, the, if it's a two-family household, husband and wife, maybe they both need two jobs. They pay poverty wages. They scrape to get by. They're one missed paycheck away from maybe homelessness or hunger. This is the state of America, the richest country in the world. And its military program, it's not succeeding. It's failing. And I think one of the reasons for all these wars, for revving them up and, and threatening other countries, is, is the smart people in Washington realize America is losing the battle, thinking that maybe if it revs up extra wars, it can turn things around and start winning instead of losing. That's it's not happening. It continues loosening. And I think the more it gets into this militarism and belligerence, the more it'll accelerate its losing and end up a lost empire. All empires in the past failed, and America will be no different than any others. And on the economy, you mentioned 23%. I believe we get that number from John Williams of Shadow Statistics. Yes. 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 And, and, um, and indeed, it, those are depression, 1929 depression level numbers, which were 25 to 35% uh, unemployment. But, you know, eventually, you know, when the Great Depression started, uh, the president didn't come out and say, hey, we're in, a, we're in a Great Depression. They kind of tried to keep the news from the public for as long as possible. But eventually, a few years later, it became obvious. And then the newspaper said, hey, we're in a Great Depression. We're still not there yet in the U.S. I mean, how much longer can things continue without people openly realizing things are, are so bad? Do you think that's going to happen soon? Is it going to be another... 10 years of the Fed just printing money and kicking the can down the road? What are your thoughts on the economic it's, collapse? It's incredible to me that people who are suffering, and they're literally suffering, haven't, haven't really become vocal about what, they're, what they have to endure, getting no help from their government. In the 1930s, uh, the Roosevelt administration had the New Deal. It should have been a lot more than, than, than it did, but it did an awful lot. And they put a lot of people back to work, including on construction projects. Chicago's lakefront was built during the Great Depression. And I'm, I've, I've seen it from the year and how much was done. But none of that existed before the Great Depression. So instead of doing what Roosevelt did, uh, the uh, Bush Cheney, Obama, Trump, you know, we've got, we've got forced austerity. On American people. You know, they're living through dire conditions, and instead of helping them, they need stimulus. And instead of stimulus, they're getting force-fed austerity. And people aren't complaining. They're enduring, they're doing the best they can, they get an extra job, they cut back a little bit, they go they, they go heavily into debt. That's a big thing that's going on. So if, if, if they stop getting into debt, that would change the, the dynamic econ economically. It would be a real blow to the bankers and the other corporate interests because they're spending money they don't have. They're borrowing it. I don't know how they're going to repay it. A lot of people declare bankruptcy. 
And um, who do you think would rise to global prominence eventually when the U.S. declines? Will it be a multipolar world? Uh, will it be China? You know, China historically, uh, the precedent that was set by China thousands of years ago was that they never really interfered with foreign countries. China just stayed in China, so they don't have a historical precedent of foreign uh, intervention and colonialism uh, so much. Do you think once the U.S. declines in, in power, would the, who who would come next, and would they do do the same? Would Russia or China be equally as bad? Well, that's a very good question. It's something I think about. Uh, China is the logical one to rise to prominence. It really is so prominent now, and it can only grow stronger by the way the uh, country is run. Uh, it will grow stronger economically, politically, militarily. Uh, China and Russia uh, taking uh, major steps to separate themselves from the U.S. dollar. This the, the dollar as the world's reserve currency uh, is is the heart of America's power. It gets other countries. Uh, to buy uh, U.S. bonds, supplying America with money to be able to spend on corporations and uh, and uh, militarism and waging wars. And if countries just abandon the dollar altogether, that would be a severe body blow to America. But when countries do this in a week, like Iraq did it, Gaddafi and Libya did it, they're very vulnerable to a U.S. attack. And, they, and and this was one of the main reasons that America waged war against them. I mean, their independence and, and circumventing the dollar. America wanted no part of this. It wanted, it, it wanted the petrodollars continuing, certainly the case in both countries. And, and that's certainly the case for Russia. But it's a little different story going after Russia and China. They certainly are not pushovers. If Syria isn't a pushover, Iran, for certain, isn't a pushover, and Russia and China absolutely are not pushovers. I think America would tread very lightly on going to war with either of those countries. But again, there are lunatics in Washington, and I don't know how they put their war plans together, but somebody probably has come up with plans to attack both countries. Nobody has done anything with them yet. I think America has war plans to attack almost anybody. And then they revised them over time. And I'm certain there were war plans to attack Russia and China. And I'm certain Russia and China know this and have their own plans to counteract this. Will it happen? There's a heck of a risk that it will. Will America's empire remain? No, I don't think there's a chance of that happening. I, I'm too old. I'm 83. I don't think I'll live to see the day when America's empire crumbles. But I would love to, to wish to be around when that happens. I would I would lead the cheers and the dancing in the streets here, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and indeed, we have seen uh, Turkey has seems to have made their decision to turn away from the EU, from NATO. They just announced they will be uh, dropping the dollar with trade uh, between them and Iran. So things seem to be moving in the, in that direction. Are, are there any final thoughts that you'd like to, to leave us with? Well, I worry about the future of humanity. I guess this, this is the overwhelming thing that's on my mind. Uh, if America began a nuclear war, and with all the threats being made against North Korea, again, I don't think a war against them is coming, but it is very, very possible. And there was a war in the 1950s. And America is waging all these other wars now. So it's certainly possible with the rage that exists in Washington 
by the Trump administration and other hardliners in Congress, a war with North Korea very possibly could happen. And if it happens, it seems that it would be a nuclear war because North Korea will fight back with everything it has. Uh, anything that's vulnerable about America, North Korea would target. That means U.S. forces in the region, in Japan, in South Korea. And if it can deliver a nuclear bomb by aircraft or missile, I think it absolutely would do it. And America would counter with nuclear weapons. It's exactly what Russia and China want avoided at all costs. And Russia, I'm sorry, China has said that if North Korea is attacked preemptorily, it will intervene on its behalf. So what does that mean? If nuclear bombs start dropping, will Russia attack U.S. forces? I don't know. But, but I quoted one of the one of the officials in, 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 I don't know if it was Xi Jinping, the president, or one of the other officials, but that statement was made. It said if North Korea launches an attack, it will not come to its defense. But if it's attacked, it will come to its defense. Again, I don't think it'll happen, but it's possible, and that's what scares me, the idea that we could get into a nuclear war, putting humanity at risk. I don't know that humanity could survive a nuclear war. The greatest thing I fear, I'm old, here a boy. You know, if I go tomorrow, I've had 83 good years, but young people don't have what I have. So whatever they may hope for for the future will be dashed if there's a nuclear war. We came close in 62 with Cuba and 80, yes. 83 with uh, Abel Archer. Um, as the Chinese say, may you live in interesting times. Can you tell us finally about your, your work uh, and how people can best follow and support you? I believe you uh, have a new website at stephenlenman.com. Oh, yes. I should have loved to do that. One comment about the missile crisis in Cuba. Jack Kennedy, after it abated, said he never had any intention of attacking Cuba. But we had Jack Kennedy then, and now we have Trump and the neocons in Congress. I began, I began writing by accident, her boy. I never intended to do it. I never had a home computer. My daughter convinced me to get one. She, show, she told me she would show me how to use it, show me the basics, which she did, got me started. And I, I simply wanted to go on the term that I used back then, the information superhighway, to find out what's going on away from the mainstream media. That's the reason I got a computer. I began writing by accident. It was almost like one, one night I went to bed, the old me, it really was the same me, but the me that I was doing. And I woke up the next morning and knew me. And the old me after I retired in 1999 was I, I read voluminously. I built a tremendous library. I, I went to the University of Illinois, Chicago. I, I, I'd like the books to be in Chicago so that anyone in the city could have access to them. It's marvelous books by the most marvelous authors, people I respect. And when I began writing and doing media work, a number of them became good friends, regulars on my program. My program is suspended now because of health reasons. I'd love to go back on weekends. During the week, I have a lot of medical appointments, so I don't want to have a scheduled appointment and have a conflict with that. M my health comes first. But on weekends, I'm free and I could uh, host my program again. But, uh, but the uh, Progressive Radio News Hour is only uh, airing uh, pre-recorded programs on weekends, not live ones. Unless they change that, there's nothing I can do. But I'd love to get back on with my guests. But I write every day. My website is Stephen Lenman, Stephen, P-H-E-N, 
Lindman, L-E-N-D-M-A-N dot O-R-G. New articles on it every day on major world and national issues. This is what I do every day. And I've told all my doctors here, boy, my writing and media work are the best medications I take, and they agree with me. I, I feel I feel the same way, and then you know I I, I do this for fun too. I, I don't get any uh, compensation for this, and it, it's a, it's a passion, and and it's interesting to connect with you and, and to share this knowledge with people around the world. It's a it's also all pro bono for me, your boy. Nobody pays me a dime. Uh, uh, the, the, the kind the kind of things that I do, the kind of writing, including my books, uh, you would starve to death if you try to make a living doing this. In, in, indeed, indeed, you know, it costs hundreds of dollars a year to run websites and to spend your time uh, writing and, and not getting paid, yes. <laughs> paying the rent and, and food and whatever else. Indeed, absolutely. Well, thank you, Mr. Lenman. Hopefully, we can catch up with you uh, next year in 2018. See how things are going. And in the meantime, people should get your your books, uh, Ukraine on, on Fire, and the other ones people can find on uh, Amazon and Clarity Press, and head over to your website, stephenlenman.com. Uh, .org. Uh, sorry, stephenlenman.org. Uh, thanks again. Well, thank, mm -hmm. thank you, Herb. I'd love to go on anytime. <laughs>